I say to you, this man went down into his house justified, rather than the other, because every man that exalteth himself shall be humbled, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our dear brethren, our blessed Lord came to teach us by his words and his deeds. And one of the most important things he came to teach us was the necessity that we have humility, the importance of the virtue of humility. Humility is a virtue by which man sees himself as he really is in relation to God, sees himself honestly, in reality, truthfully, in relation to God, and submits to that order of things. So it's a virtue which, as St. Thomas says, moderates self-esteem so that we do not think more of ourselves than we, we ought. And I suppose it also means, and for some people who have no self-esteem at all, it will, it will raise our self-esteem. But that's a rare problem. That's a rare problem because of the, the wounds of original sin. So St. Thomas says, humility restrains the appetite for aiming at great things against reason. So I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm, I'm certain I have all the qualities to be an astronaut. So that, that, that's obviously not true. And so humility would actually bring that, that, that false idea I have of myself back to reality. So it's according to reason. Now, humility, considered as a special virtue with a particular object, regards chiefly the subjection of man to God, says St. Thomas, for whose sake he humbles himself by subjecting himself to others in order to God. So, specifically, humility, in this case, it is the subjection of man to God, seeing ourselves as we really are in relation to God and submitting to that order. Now, relative to the other virtues, it's considered a part of the virtue of temperance, a moderation of self-esteem and is a foundational, fundamental virtue for the spiritual life because we cannot be spiritually perfect without humility. Humility clears the obstacles to the beginning of the spiritual edifice, the spiritual edifice, which is the, the edifice of the supernatural virtues. It clears the ground so that this edifice may be built. In fact, the virtues are all connects. They're all connected. So you can't be truly virtuous in one virtue, but vicious in every other domain, because all the virtues fit together. Opposite the virtue of humility is pride. Pride is a vice, as Pope St. Gregory the Great says, a vice whereby we think we are excellent of ourselves without the help of another, without God's help. So that everything we have, my beauty, my intelligence, my popularity, all the skills I have, this is down to my hard work. That's, that's pride. So we think we are excellent of ourselves and not because God has granted us gifts. Also, we hold ourselves to be in possession of excellence which we don't have. We think we're better than we really are if we're proud. And then also relative to another, we wish to be singular. We wish to be the best. Wishing to be alone excellent, therefore despising others and speaking evil of others, trying to 
to diminish their reputation because they make us look less excellent by comparison. And then we can see in the modern world today, I mean, if you look at big business, politics, sports, all of the public figures, there's so much pride. It's um, narcissism, terrible, terrible narcissism. And then if we look in the mirror, there is narcissism there too, where we think we're better than we are. We need to see the reality of ourselves in relation to God. So here are some examples of Jesus' words. Luke chapter 9. And there entered a thought into them, which of them should be greater? But Jesus, seeing the thoughts of their hearts, took a child and, and, and set him by him and said to them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is the lesser among you, he is all the greater. And then, when thou art invited to a wedding feast, sit not down at the first place, lest perhaps someone more honorable than thou be invited by him, etc. Because everyone that exalteth himself shall be humbled, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. It's Luke chapter 14. And then Matthew chapter 11. Take up my yoke upon you and learn of me, because I am meek and humble of heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is sweet and my burden light. Beautiful verse, two verses. And then Matthew chapter 20. You know that the princes of the Gentiles lord it over them, and that they that are the greater exercise power upon them. It shall not be so among you, but whosoever is the greater among you, let him be your minister. And he that will be first among you shall be your servant. Even as the Son of Man is not come to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a redemption for many. So these are the words of our Lord. So it's very clear that humility is a fundamental virtue. And then his deeds, of course, the act of the incarnation, the fact that he became incarnate is an unfathomable uh, act of humility. The Godhead joining in with his creation, becoming vulnerable, being able to suffer. After the finding in the temple, Jesus became subject to his mother and foster father. He, the maker of the law, whose will is law, submitted himself to his mother and foster father. He kept the company of sinners, so he was not parading himself among the elite, among the aristocracy. He could do, he had all these powers, had this charisma. No, but he chose to, he chose fishermen for his apostles and tax collectors, and he mixed with them too. He endured terrible humiliation at the hands of the Pharisees, the temple soldiers, the Jewish crowd, and the Romans as an act of humility, an example for us to follow. So how do we grow in humility? Well, we have to desire it. We have to wish it, pray for it. And then I'm sure most of you are aware of Cardinal Mary Dalval's litany of humility. It's a really hard one to pray if you really want to pray it honestly. It starts, O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, Jesus, deliver me. From the desire of being loved, Jesus, deliver me. From the desire of being extolled, honored, praised, preferred to others, consulted, approved, Jesus, deliver me. From the fear of being humiliated, Jesus, deliver me. From the fear of being despised or suffering rebukes or calumniated, being forgotten, being ridiculed, being wronged, being suspected, Jesus, deliver me from this fear, that others may be loved more than I, 
Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant that I may desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I ought to be. Jesus, grant that I may desire it. So that's a, it's a wonderful litany, which I think you can find, certainly find on the internet fairly easily, and various prayer books. So, such is the power of humility, this, this virtue that clears the obstacles to the spiritual life. Humility, said St. John Chrysostom, brought the thief into paradise before the apostles. And he says, if humility has so much power, even though it's following so closely upon the offense of the theft of the, of the, of the, of the good thief, what can it do when united to righteousness? And on the other side, if pride united to righteousness can depress, like the Pharisee in the parable today, what will it do when united to sin? So imagine if the publican, better are sins with humility than innocence with pride. Better than sins with humility and innocence with pride. That sins repented with humility. There's a lovely story by Father Hugh Thwaites, and he talks of, of the example of humility given by a man who was an alcoholic. He started off with a, a wonderful family, wonderful job. It was, uh, I'm not sure what his profession was, maybe an airline pilot. And then he felt the alcoholism uh, took over his life. And uh, he ended up losing, separating from his family, losing his home, living, living hand to mouth. And Father Hugh Thwaites says, every week he was there in the confessional queue. He'd fallen again and again to the demon drink. But his humility was so so wonderful to behold that he wondered, Father Heathways wondered, if God God gave him this cross of alcoholism so that he might ascend to the height of humility, the height of this virtue of humility. So, better are sins with humility than innocence with pride. St. John Chrysostom says in the same vein, Bring me a, a pair of two horse chariots. In the one harness pride and justice, in the other sin with humility. And you will see that sin will outrun justice, not by its own strength, but by that of humility, the strength of humility. While you will see the other pair beaten, not by the weakness of justice, but by the weight and size of pride. So it's exactly the same parallel of the, the parable today. So, my dear brethren, let us ask the Blessed Virgin Mary, she was most humble creatures, to intercede for us, that we may attain that level of humility assigned to us from all eternity, or desired of us from all eternity. For we are all proud. We love ourselves in a disordered way. We should love ourselves, but ordered to God, in a way which will help us unite or further or propel us towards union with God and the beatific vision. That's how we should love ourselves. If we really loved ourselves, we'd do everything we can to achieve heaven, to unite ourselves with God. That is his will. Now, we are all held back by our lack of humility. And even um, 
listening to the parable today, I always mention this every year. It's uh, strange. While we're hearing of the, 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 the Pharisee who says, thank God I'm not like this publican here, in our heart of hearts, we're all saying, dear God, thank God I'm not like that Pharisee over there. It's a trick parable. It's a trick parable. So let us follow Jesus' words and deeds. May we be able to pray with his blessed mother, particularly tomorrow, feast of the Assumption. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit exalteth in God my Saviour. For he hath regarded the humility of his handmaid, and henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.